here's why it's so important for us to trust the Lord in every situation, no matter what it is, even though it doesn't make sense to us, we don't understand it. Because nothing maximizes impact more than calm. Nothing allows us to touch people more than when we're at peace. And scripture says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Sleep in a storm. Yeah. I mean, what times are we least effective? It's when we're stressed. You know, it's when we're fretting, right? So the psalm says, do not fret. It and only it doesn't causes feel harm. good either. It feels horrible. It, it definitely begins to affect your health. It damages so much around you. It hurts the people around you. But when we're walking in trust and our eyes are focused on the Lord, what are we free to do? We're free to love. Mm. We're free to, to speak into that brother or sister's life who's struggling. We're free to look our kids in the eye and tell them how much we love them. We're free to go and serve someone, you know? So th- there are ramifications to that. It's not just, Lord, I want to have this good feeling of peace. It's, I want to be useful for you in this short breath called life. And Lord, you always work it out. Here I am. I'm, everything's fine. It's, even the biggest tragedies that struck my life, it all worked out. Welcome to the Ask Ray Comfort to buy you an exotic sports car segment because Ray Comfort is worth $20 million. Is that the new Doll rumor? Hairs. So why did, you, why, why did you begin with that? <laughs> because, Ray, there's, there's, there's a stirring on the internet that you're worth $20 million. So I, I made have, a video I, about it. I have a, uh, yeah, we made a video about it. I have a uh, legal statement to make, and you can grab this. If anyone can find that $20 million, I will split <laughs> it 50% with you. And that's legal. That's binding. Uh, it's, it's recorded. You know, I was watching the video, Ray, that you produced on this to address this once and for all. I mean, we, we just released a video the other day and comments on there, Ray Comfort's worth between, I don't know, it said, you know, six and 15 million or something crazy, but there's all kinds of stuff out there. It just made me laugh because... It's because of my Lamborghinis. <laughs> I noticed Plural. that you have a, a beach house, which you've never invited me to. I'm a little offended. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have, we're going to have half, we'll go halves in that if you can find that too. <laughs> so Ray, what, can you give us some background to this whole insanity? I have no idea why, it's, why people say I'm worth a lot of money. I, I Look at this watch. Tell us about your expensive watch. <laughs> I was just this kidding. is a $12 watch. <laughs> you spent that much? Yeah, I couldn't find the $8 ones there. <laughs> I think I inflation it? killed that. You splurged that day at Walmart. Is this one of your shirts, Oscar? That or one is it? not one. No. It's one of mine. So this, is, this is a Walmart-type shirt that I get my birthdays. But yeah, and uh, I've got a 2010 Vita Beetle. If I was really rich, you'd think I'd live in a gated community or something. <laughs> but it's crazy. Yeah, but Ray, you've never told people the millions you pay for your chickens. That's that right. lay the golden eggs. Yeah, and someone said, said in the comments, if Ray was rich, he wouldn't have chickens. I don't, I, I don't know how to figure <laughs> that out, but I, I guess now that eggs are worth a lot of money. What, what does a chicken cost? Um, oh, they used, to cost, no, used to cost 12 bucks. They're about 60 bucks each now. 60? They're what? way up. They've just gone Who's crazy. Who's your chicken guy? No, they've You're gone crazy. You try and buy chickens now because people know they lay eggs. They've suddenly got the revelation. They, they, they've, they've skyrocketed. You need to go to the chicken farm where they're going to kill the <laughs> chickens. I've and got buy friends who are going to give me um, six free chickens coming up soon. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Whatever happened to that chicken I gave you, Ray? <laughs> oh, Betty? Betty? Evil oh, Betty. That Demonic was de- Betty. You wonder where Legion went to after it left the pigs. It went to that chicken. It was uh, evil. That's what do you crazy. do with your chickens once they die? Hmm? Do you just throw them in the trash can? 
Taco no, night. No, no. We put, we put them in a plastic bag and lower them gently into the trash bin. <laughs> <laughs> the gently is what justifies mm-hmm. it. Huh? Yeah. Ray, I would describe you as a big lots man. That when I... <laughs> When I think of your lifestyle. <laughs> Ray and I like to go through the 99 cent store. No, no. We go through, but you're the one that does the talking. I just stand oh, there and cringe. No. And Mark, I ask, Mark always asks you, Tina, how much is this? How much is this? I ask for a price check on something, and it's not everything's 99 cents. I ask, how much is this? <laughs> oh, no, wait. No, look. The other day, my son Luke, he gave me one of my favorite candies are lemon heads. You guys like lemon heads? Yeah. Okay. Oh, they're, they're just divine. Moving on. Yeah. And I go, Luke, you got, and they were like nice big bags. I'm like, you got, I said, where'd you get these 99 cents? I'm like, oh, these are only 99 cents. He goes, no, no, nothing is 99 cents in there anymore. They changed their prices. Yeah, they changed, it's yeah. not like that anymore. Yeah. Wicked and evil. Well, we take out 99 cents worth of things now and we just go, <laughs> just take it up so, there. So seriously, it's still called the 99 cent store, but they charge more? It's like a yeah. dollar ninety nine. Oh no! If you look closely, it says ninety nine cent store. It's in tiny writing. It said used to be. <laughs> used to be. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, got you. Yeah. It's, it's ninety nine cents and up. Yeah. I hate those stores, man, with a passion. I don't know what it is. I just feel. But don't you dirty. get close though? <laughs> Mark, that's where you got that shirt. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But Ray, you you were a passionate lover of big lots. That when we came like, over here, yeah. I mean, everything in America just thrilled us. We. So when I talk about it regularly, we would go to yard sales and just love them. Is that where you got your dentures? Was it a, was it a big lot? You never mentioned my was... dentures. That's as bad as mentioning my warts. That was the best joke I ever said on this podcast when I talked about Mark's garage store bought dentures. <laughs> oh, I love myself. Okay, moving right along. Ray, why are you rich? <laughs> I'm rich in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, um, going to start more rumors. Yeah, friends. Ray Comfort is uh, definitely not a millionaire. But you know what that does for me, though? Because, again, we talked about the whole Illuminati thing with you, Austin. <laughs> People are <laughs> saying boys. you're in the Illuminati. It really does. It gives me sympathy for, like, the, these big stars that get stuff said about them all the time. You can't do anything. Yeah. Either. And you just learn to say, yeah, that's probably not true. You know what I mean? Just from our own experiences. It's not just that, but all Unless this it's other about stuff. someone you don't like, then you're like, yeah, oh, that's oh, yeah, definitely, definitely true. Yeah, Michael Jackson, they said he could dance and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, what a lie. Yeah. Oh, do you guys remember that? Uh, was it Chinese Michael Jackson? I, oh, I guess yes, I mean, that was incredible. Oh, just I've like never it. seen anything like it. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, you better explain that. What? The Chinese Michael oh, Jackson. It was <laughs> Chinese Michael Jackson du- duplicate. The guy was like a it's on YouTube. facsimile. It's YouTube. Everything. Video. The way he looked, danced, moved. Have you seen it, Oscar? I have not. Oh, I, I was in sixth grade when my brother called me over to the television. He was watching uh, MTV. And he mm. said, watch this lady sing. And I was like, <laughs> isn't she a good singer? And I'm like, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> that's not a girl. That's a guy. His name oh, is Michael man. Jackson. That was my first connection with yeah, Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson was, yeah, I mean, back then as an unsaved little boy, he really was my idol. I mean, when Beat It, when I heard Beat It, it my whole life changed. I was a big Michael Beat Jackson it. fan. Me and my neighbor, Junior, we, we had a VHS tape deck. Well, I've we a can of worms, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> we would wait until like the new Michael Jackson music video would come on and we'd record it and then we would play it back and learn all the dance moves. In the oh, man. He, so you, I, you can dance? If I want to. I, <laughs> you can leave your friends behind. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw Michael Jackson in concert. 
No. On TV. I mean, it was on YouTube, but it wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't live. Yeah. He, he was, That's seriously, funny. that guy had some superhuman abilities, the way he moved. It was... But how to destroy your life. What a yeah. crazy, terrible thing. Oh, I know. But when he did that, when he did that moonwalk, moonwalk for yeah. the first time, I heard I he met, stole it. I met I the know. guy in Venice Beach that said he taught Michael Jackson to do that. Really? Yeah. And he, he, he said... I heard there was controversy that he got it from someone else or whatever, mm. but... Anyway. One of the first videos I ever edited was when we went down to Hollywood, right, oh, right after Michael Jackson right. had died. Yeah. And I edited a video of Ray sharing the gospel with people out on the street. Yeah. That was, that's fun. Boy, his son. That's a great story, Mark. His son, I think cost. his name Thank was Blanket you. or whatever. His son Blanket? is brilliant. Uh, it was Pillow. Paris? Oh, per- no, that's no. a girl. Prince. No. Prince? I don't know. One of them. Anyway, Blanket? he's just a very intelligent. I, I saw an interview with him recently. Yeah, but, but Blanket folded. <laughs> Right. Oh, you guys remember the whole thing with that blanket when he held the baby over the balcony? Oh, and crazy. That was insane. Anyway, why are we talking about Michael Jackson? No Thanks for joining us today. We have a comment. This is from Mary and Joey. I just figured out how to leave a review. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> After about a little over a year listening to your podcast, I finally figured out how to leave a review. I'm thankful that there are men like you out there that are truly doing God's work. I watch Living Waters' YouTube channel with Ray Comfort. I've learned to be more comfortable sharing my faith with others, knowing that without God's mercy and grace, I have nothing and I am nothing. I look forward to listening to it daily, and when I get on and there's no podcast for that day, I feel lost. I know you all need a break, too. I'm thankful I have this podcast to start my day every day so I can walk with the Holy Spirit and strive to be more so like who's Jesus. That? This is uh, Mary and Joe. I don't know, and Joey. I don't know which one of well, them it is. But it's so nice of them to say that. And that's actually one name. Is, is, is it <laughs> difficult to, send, to write a review? Sometimes they go online. I sympathize with that person because you've got to put a remark and it says you're not registered. You've no. got to do this. They want to see you. Are you a robot and all this stuff? I hate stuff. nothing more than when I try to do something simple and it starts asking me for stuff. Isn't it ironic that a robot is asking you if you're a robot? <laughs> yeah. And say, like, what of these six pictures has a bus in it? And you think, what? Was that a bus wheel? Is yeah. it the yeah. back of a bus? I, know. What? I don't know what to do. Some no. of those have been so hard and then to you feel make like, out. Yeah, I, I blew it. I'm in trouble. They're going to come to my home. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the Starter Kit. That's a nice one, Ray. How can a Starter Kit bring something, a podcast? This podcast is brought to you by... Don't you ever hear commercials? The Starter Kit is really very, very popular. Yeah, it is. And it's it's brilliantly done. Brad designed that, didn't he? Brad Snow is just wonderful. He he melts my heart. Yeah. Million Dollar Bill. Bah! (laughs) Delayed laughter. Million Dollar Bill track, Ten Commandments coin, comic... Are you a good person? Hunter, one of the world's funniest one-liners. Evidence by the evidence. No, no, not that. It's study Bible doesn't include. So that. you're actually saying they are the tracks that are in. Yeah, there. that's what's included in the starter kit, friend. So again, if you've been listening to us and you've thought, "Man, I want to preach the gospel. I want to give tracts out." This is the one to start with. And don't forget the evidence study Bible at livingwaters.com. All right, guys. Today our show is called "He Stinketh." A look at the legend of Lazarus. The poor guy. Lazarus. 2,000 years later, Lazarus' name is synonymous with stinker. <laughs> Ray, I think I've heard you say that. I want to say countless times, but that'd be a lie. But I've heard you say that a lot. He stinketh. He stinketh. Yeah, it's from Gospel of John. But I remember it takes me back. Whenever I hear Lazarus' name, it takes me back to when I was walked into a Sunday school once, and there was a one of the... <laughs> Young guy up doing puppets for the kids, and they're all listening. And he says, "And Lazarus climbed a tree to see Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> Makes them it up was with Lazarus. That was uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Or Zacchaeus. 
Yeah. He was a wee little Zacchaeus man. Zacchaeus was a... Wee is that your favorite man. song, right? No. Just leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. It's interesting that it mentioned his stature and the tree. And I love when the word gets into details like that. It certainly did. Yeah. All right. So Lazarus, mistakenly often called Lazarus, but it's Lazarus. Oscar, Lazarus is one of those stories, I think, that again, as we talked about in the last podcast with Jesus uh, and the disciples on the road to Emmaus, really gives us a glimpse into, into the heart of Jesus toward people, Yeah, right? This is where we find that, that tender verse of Jesus weeping. Mm. You know, we'll talk about that. But what is the significance of this account uh, to the believer? There's several things you can pull from that. But to your point, I also love that when they tell him, they say, the one you loved is sick. And that's often been mistranslated like, oh, he loved this one more than the others. But uh, as you may recall, uh, it also says that that John was the one he loved, that Peter was greatest. In other words, here's what we can take from this is that Jesus's relationship with his friends and disciples made them feel loved, made them feel valued. There was something about the way our Savior loved people that made them feel loved by him. And that should tell us something about our affection towards other people. Like when I'm done having a conversation with my wife, is she like, I'm the one he loves. And when I'm having a conversation with my neighbor about the gospel or about the weather, does he walk away and go, man, that guy loves me right? Like, do we have the heart and disposition towards others in the same way that Christ had a heart and a disposition towards others? But the other thing that's beautiful about that reminder is that through the cross, we too are the ones who Jesus loves. Because of Christ's work on the cross, because of his forgiveness, we have a new standing and a new relationship with God so that when when you're spoken about, it's like, Mark, the one who Christ loved. Ray, the one who Jesus loved. Easy. Well, (laughs) there's value in seeing the way in which God, he doesn't look at you as like, you're no longer that rebel. You're no longer that enemy. You're the one who Christ loves. You know, I love uh, John 17, 23, Mm -hmm. where it talks about how the father loves us just as much as he loves his son, Jesus. Mm, And you would think, well, no, of course the father loves Jesus you know, more than anything in the world. No, just as much. And it's worded like this. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. 
Good luck. It's also the thought that there's an inference in what was being asked. Jesus, the one you loved, is sick. In other words, you will come immediately without hesitation because you love him. Mm. And he didn't. Yeah. And it really shows that the the inference shouldn't be there. Lord, this, therefore, you're going to do this. Yeah. And God's ways aren't our well, ways. Well, you know, Ray, that, that's a really good point. And I want to read what, what happened there. But before that, it talked about how you're the one whom you love is sick. But God is trying to emphasize the love of Christ because in verse 5, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Mm. So again, it's emphasizing that love. Yeah. It's not just, hey, the, someone's saying to him, the one you love, but now it's saying, hey, he, you know, he loved all of them. You know, it, that, how special is that? You know, I'm the beloved of the Lord. You know, I love how John would talk about how he was the one whom Jesus loved. Of, he spoke that of himself. Mm. He talked about how he, he described himself as the one who laid his head on his breast. Mm-hmm. Imagine that intimate scene right there. You know, these are grown men and they were so comfortable with Jesus, right? That's indicative of like, hey, you can you can just come and, you know, be close to me. Mm-hmm. I love you. And he was comfortable enough to lay his head, oh, hearing the and heartbeat of the Jesus. And there's the wonderful thought that if we have a close relationship with God, we'll know his heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, so we see what happens there. And we see that Jesus intentionally delayed. He intentionally didn't come. It says, so when he heard, right after it says, now Mm. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. (laughs) That is one of, seriously, that's one of the most humorous and beautiful portions of scripture. Because you're getting thrown for a loop. You're expecting a, and so he got up and went right away. Yeah, of course. And so he stayed a couple more days. D.A. Carson in his commentary points out that Jesus's delay is an act of love. Yes. And the reason why Carson talks about it being a delay as an act of love is because he knew what would happen if he didn't delay. You see, back then, if you were dead one or two days, uh, you would say that the spirit was still hovering around that person. The reason why is because back then you have to remember they didn't have ways to check heartbeats that were subtle and behind like a, you know, a, a larger person, for example. And what would happen, this would happen in history, is that they would put somebody in a coffin, they'd be carrying them to their tomb, and then all of a sudden you'd hear, like they were still alive. Come in. Because a day or two, come in. Because a day or two <laughs> went by and, and maybe they had a subtle heartbeat and their breathing was really low and shallow. And then they would they would come back alive again. This would we have historical accounts of people. Don't even talk about this. <laughs> it's scary, it's, isn't it's it? Horrible. Here's the point: is that at that point they would say that that someone's spirit, the first two days of them being dead, was still kind of hovering around. But by day three or four, that like if they were dead, they were dead. That was it. And this is the reason why Jesus waits because what little faith we have that if he would have showed up on day one or two, we would have gone. Well, he probably wasn't actually dead. He probably was just, you know, he just needed some re- light resuscitation and mm. he was fine. But he was wait- he waited and ultimately he showed up on the fourth day of his death and his body was stinking. In other words, the act of love is waiting, is Jesus recognizing the little faith that we often have. He wanted to make sure there was no doubt in anybody's mind that Lazarus was as dead as dead could be. He yeah. was stinking. It was four days. There was no hovering. 
he was dead and yeah. Jesus was and about do you to think do Lazarus maybe struggled with anger when he came back right? <laughs> <laughs> wait wait a minute right <laughs> I was fine and then you know you said that it was an act of love DA Carson but was it an act of love towards Lazarus really I mean he was able to experience <laughs> all there was to experience there at that moment in Abraham's bosom and just enjoying all that there is to be able to enjoy and then all of a sudden Lazarus come forth wait what <laughs> no and then we had in our uh, weekly staff prayer uh, meeting a testimony, pray for a pastor who had a heart attack and he thinks, oh, I'm going to be with Jesus. And paramedics jumped on him, broke his ribs and brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> he got the bonus of some broken yeah, well, ribs. Thanks huh? a lot, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want to camp out on this because look at what people said, right? Verse 37, it says, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Mm. Like in a sense, they're, they're echoing kind of what Martha said in verse 21, where she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right. So again, Jesus stays two more days. Mark, isn't this a good reminder to us that God works in ways that, that don't line up with our timing or with our reasoning. Yeah, this deals with his sovereignty, right? We talk about that God does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. He answers to no one. He doesn't care what you think about it. Psalm 103 says that God is in heaven. He does what he pleases. And all things are working together for our good and for his glory. I absolutely love that. I, when I, I think, was first illuminated to that text that he stayed those extra days, I went, I love it. You know, mm -hmm. Job says that God only does miraculous things. King David in the Psalms, he says, God only does wondrous works. So everything that he does is brilliantly done, beautifully placed, and it's always on time. Ecclesiastes 3.10 says that God makes all things beautiful in his timing. Mm. So his timing is not our time and his ways are not our ways. Right, if we can grasp that in the midst of tragedy, you know, not, not to eliminate by any means lament, which we've talked about here a lot, especially when you lose loved ones, but I'm thinking even more so when it comes to tragic circumstances, sort of domestically in our lives, you know, we, lo we lost our job or we got a massive bill that we weren't expecting, not because of foolish spending, but it was something, you know, that was out of our control. Yeah, or 20 million bucks, you're doing fine. Yeah, Ray, <laughs> since you have 20 million, that's all. Ray will take care of all of our problems. But Ray, wouldn't this transform our lives if we just paused and remembered that God never stops working in our lives. Nothing is a surprise to him. Nothing can happen to us without his permission. Wouldn't that just change the way we, we act and respond in the moment? It certainly would. It means if you're in the lion's den with the lions, um, you go up and you floss their teeth because they can't <laughs> touch you. You know, when you're at the Red Sea and there's no, no way open, you know that God can open it in his time. There's no way out. And so that is a huge consolation. And I love what Spurgeon said, and I quote it a lot, faith may swim where reason may only paddle. Hmm. You try and figure out what God's doing in your life, you can't figure it out because it's full of tribulation, temptations, and persecutions, and things happening that you just didn't expect. But if you trust him, then that solves the whole problem. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's also, I don't know about you guys, but I think often our hearts gravitate towards this idea that God can't. Like this is out of God's hands and so we need to take it into our own hands. I need to take control of this situation or things are gonna go wrong is essentially saying God can't do anything about this and so therefore I need to be my own God. And I love how often scripture makes it so easy for God to perform something miraculous. Hmm. You know what I mean? He needs nothing. He spoke and all creation came into being. His words alone have the power to make 
Lazarus alive, Carson quoted somebody by saying, I love this. He says, if Jesus wouldn't have prefaced his command with the name Every tomb in Jerusalem. Oh, you've stole my spit thunder. out its dead. You've uh, stole my thunder. I was you gonna say that. You were gonna yeah. say that. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Lazarus come forth. Yeah. If he'd said come forth, it would have caused an undertaker's <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Here's why it's so important for us to trust the Lord in every situation, no matter what it is, even though it doesn't make sense to us, we don't understand it. Because nothing maximizes impact more than calm. Nothing allows us to touch people more than when we're at peace. And scripture says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Sleep in a storm. Yeah. I mean, what times are we least effective? It's when we're stressed. You know, it's when we're fretting, right? So the Psalm says, do not fret. It and only it doesn't causes feel harm. good either. It feels horrible. It, it definitely begins to affect your health. It damages so much around you. It hurts the people around you. But when we're walking in trust and our eyes are focused on the Lord, what are we free to do? We're free to love. Mm. We're free to, to speak into that brother or sister's life who's struggling. We're free to look our kids in the eye and tell them how much we love them. We're free to go and serve someone, you know? So th there are ramifications to that. It's not just, Lord, I want to have this good feeling of peace. It's, I want to be useful for you in this short breath called life. And Lord, you always work it out. Here I am. I'm, everything's fine. It's... Even the biggest tragedies that struck my life, it all worked out. You're, you're working up to this quote from Corey Ten Boom that I, I've said so often, I absolutely love it. Our outlook goes beyond this world. We are training for eternity. In getting older, one discovers something of the plan behind all the happenings of the past. Mm. When we look back, we realize that behind many events, which did not seem important in and of themselves at the time, now I can say there was actually a design, an order, a continuity. When we think of all the things that are happening inside of our lives, we go, oh, that was just this, or that was just that, and nothing really came of that. No, it is all working together. They're all little pieces of the puzzle to, uh, that'll culminate onto that day, and it'll make sense on that day. Until then, yeah, we don't understand the trials and the tribulation and the persecution and the temptations and the sufferings. Hmm. We don't need to. We just know that they're working up. I heard the analogy of an upside-down tapestry. Yes. Oh, you only see one that. side, and then it flings yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been flipped yet. If yeah. things don't make sense yet, yeah. it hasn't been flipped yet. Let me let me actually quote the poem that's tied to that. It says, my life is like a weaving between my God and me. I do not choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Sometimes he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly. Will God unroll the canvas and explain the reasons why the dark threads are as needful in the skillful master's hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. Did you write that one? No, no, I didn't. It's um, not as good as what you usually do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's one of the most powerful that's it I've, ever, is. I've ever read, you know, because it, it just really drives home the fact of what you said. We see the underside of the tapestry. God sees the upper side. He's at work in us, both to want to work for his good pleasure. He's always up to something. We never have to worry about that. And we can rest. You know, yeah, we can feel the pain and the, the sorrow. We can lament and bring our hearts to the Lord. But then, as Piper said in one of his quotes, it's so powerful. He says, then we got to get up, wash off our tears, and move forward. Wow. There's also, there's this ancient Japanese art called kintsuji. Mm. And kintsuji is the practice. What they Essentially, what they do is they take these broken vessels, you know, bowls, cups, and what they do is they weave gold into them to bring into them the back together into wow. the cracks and they bring you've heard it. of this mark yeah. 
They wow. bring it back together. And so it went from being a cup that somebody uses that has absolutely no value, yeah. right? No one, no one opens up your cover and is like, oh, that's my cup. I love it so much. It breaks. They use gold to weave it back together. And now it becomes precious art that you put on display, mm. that you show others that you wouldn't dare use because it has great value and worth. It has beauty to it. It went from simply a tool to something beautiful. And in these moments of our lives, God is doing a kind of kintsugi in our lives. That he, the promise is that he's weaving all of this together to make something glorious, to make something good that we won't often see. Sometimes we see now, but maybe we won't fully see until we're on the other side yeah. of death. The yeah. beauty is in the story that was broken, mm. that he brings beauty well, so for us. Right. You know, it's interesting. That reminded me of a video I actually came across randomly online yesterday. It was a video of this guy and it was like this big piece of like, these pieces of wood and they were like, uh, they had hinges on them or something and they were in like a triangle and he lit a fire and then the fire was shooting through the top and he kept doing all this stuff and then he opened it up and it was these, the, the boards were just charred black. And it said that this is a Japanese form of preserving wood mm. and the wood becomes like insect proof, it becomes weatherproof, it becomes, and it has a beautiful look to it, you know? Cool. And it just reminded me of sometimes God puts us through the fire and he, he does it to, to, cause us to persevere and to have an endurance in us. In no way is this program tempting God to uh, try us. Ray, can you sing um, Refiner's <laughs> Fire for us? <laughs> for those who don't know, Ray refuses to sing Refiner's <laughs> Fire. I won't even, I've walked out of buildings when yeah. they're saying that. Because what they're saying is, oh God, send me a Job experience. Uh -huh. When I come out of this building, let my car be written off and my house destroyed and my children killed. Um, I want a Job experience. Oh, Refiner's Fire. So Ray. So Ray. No, I wasn't. No, no, I, no you said <laughs> it. No, no you just was, said it. That was third person. We there heard goes you. 20 million. So Ray, so Ray, <laughs> just like, like, just like someone must have hacked my phone to put that Christmas music app uh -huh. on. I'm going to get Refiner's Fire on your phone. Yeah. Well, maybe we can put the music behind Ray saying it and put it on the, on the show. We should. Oh, that'd be funny, me preaching against it with the music oh, playing yeah. in the background. But yeah. But man, you know, you think of the sisters of Lazarus, again, what they went through thinking, Jesus, what's going on here? You could have been here. You, you love us, don't you? I mean, everyone knows you love us. Why would you wait, you know? And he knew what he was doing. But, but you, you look at Martha as well, though, her faith. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. I mean, right? She, she was disheartened, but she still had that faith of like, Lord, I know you could, I know you could raise him from the dead. How cool is that? You know, that, that she, she wasn't wondering, is it possible? No, whatever you ask, I know God will do it. Is it, is it your will though? And that's a, that's a key issue, right? Because oftentimes, you know, I was talking to a sister and her husband last night, Rachel and I went out to dinner with them and she was just talking about a, a very difficult situation in her life. And she said, but you know what? I don't want my hope to be in that situation changing. Mm, that's good. She said, I want Christ to be my hope. And it touched me deeply as a reminder of like, of course, a Christian shouldn't live any other way. Because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Circumstances can change. Even if that circumstance, you know, changed favorably for her, it can change back and become unfavorable. But Christ is the same. And when he's our hope, then, then we have eternal eyes to look and say, well, maybe he doesn't want this to work because he has, he's doing something I can't understand. And here's, here's what, let me just say this. I know I'm talking a lot, but let me just say this. It's, we're used to it. <laughs> Pretty much. Here's the thing. 
Oh no, I lost it. Here's the thing. Good. Good so job, do you want use <laughs> a mark just Oscar, break? I owe you lunch. Don't mean I'm lose it. Oh. Hey, the, the, easy. The sun is okay. The sun is still shining, Wait, even though there's say? a storm. Yeah, yeah. See, I have to trust the Lord now that I didn't remember that. <laughs> I read mean, your heart. heart. He didn't want you to say I'm it. being tested. Yeah. Easy's heart says so, Oscar oh, no was really lost good. You too. As you go <laughs> into the cavities of your mind searching for that lost Yeah, file. go ahead and talk You're, you're not going to be here. <laughs> you're not going to be here for the next five minutes. You're going to be looking around on those files. Yeah, talk in the amongst brain. yourselves. Yes, let me talk about. You know, Lazarus really is a type of salvation. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and God called our name. And that's why I cannot figure how anyone would want to go back to the tomb where it stunk. Mm. Why would you want to go back to your past life when you found everlasting life in Christ? Yeah, well, when you meditate on lies, you're going to think lies are true, right? And this is why it is so important to just meditate through Scripture all day long. I tell my kids all the time, listen, the enemy mocks your 10-minute devo in the morning. Everything we do has to be an overflow of the Christian life always studying, always meditating, always encouraging one another, speaking to one another in spiritual songs and hymns, making melody inside of our heart. If we do not do that, then failure is inevitable, or being weak and drinking milk is the outcome, never being able to progress and yeah. mature. Yeah. Well, I'd be quite happy just drinking milk. Yeah. Anyway, I love milk. milk. I love milk. Yeah, so milk for him. Len, no milk for no him. No milk for him. <laughs> yeah. That's from Ben Hur. Ben Hur. He needs version some of the milk. original text. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, it's gone, you guys. It's Oscar, gone. you made me lose it. I had something really nice to say, man. The Lord. Yeah, ah. it's going to spend the next three weeks. All right, anyway, whatever. So here's the thing. So check this out, though. This is the part that I was talking about. Therefore, verse 33, Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I've memorized that verse. Oh, Jesus wept, but you keep getting it wrong, right? Uh, he, Jesus, um, moaned, groaned, cried. So your version said uh, he groaned, yeah. right? Yeah. There's other parts that say he was deeply moved hmm. or other translations. Carson would say that a good word today to try to describe is that he was outraged. That there was this actually a, a sense of frustration and anger and lament all happening in Jesus at once in a perfect way. And he points out, and I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, that Jesus was face to face with the reality and the outcome of the world that we have created for ourselves. He was observing the sin in life and, and the byproduct that it produces. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned before, like, he was looking at the reality that we laid to rest our parents, that we, that often people go live the last parts of their lives with dementia. I just met a, a sweet man who was married 65 years mm. and his wife passed away this last April. I called him. You did, I know. Yeah, we had a great chat. Side note, I'm gonna get back to this in a second. I'm not gonna forget what I'm saying. That's dementia beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rip on you. Can easy. I just say... This is so you, you you see a lot of stuff about Ray online about the twenty million and you know blah blah blah. This is the kind of person Ray is. I know you don't like us talking about this kind of stuff, but I come back and I tell the story about the sixty-five-year-old man whose wife passed away in April. He we wears his ring on his necklace, and I ask him how he's doing. He said, "I'm getting through it. The toughest times are having dinner alone." Mm -hmm. And his eyes start to well up. I tell Ray this story. 
And that night he sends me a text, hey, can you get that guy's number? I want to call him. Do you think he would like it if I encouraged him? Mm. So like anybody who, I, you know what I mean? When I see the comments, I do laugh, but I also think like there's so many things that we've all witnessed of Ray, of him just loving silently, just loving people in that kind of a way. Everybody I've ever met has a story like that about you, Ray. I know you don't like when we say that kind of stuff, but- I, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, no. deal with it. Anyway. Uh, Oscar. Did you say deal with it? <laughs> deal with it. Oscar, tell us about your snowboarding trip and stuff. Oh, the amazing one? Are you trying to distract me? <laughs> you don't remember what you're going to say. Jesus was outraged. Uh, he was outraged. Nah. Uh, he was looking at the reality that we all look at every single day, that our parents die, that people die with dementia, spend their last years. We talked about the reality that parents have to lay their children to rest, mm -hmm. sometimes under the age of one. We all have to deal with this. This is the outcome of the world that we live in, the fall of man, and Jesus is seeing it perfectly on display, imperfectly on display, and he is outraged. But he's also the only person that can do something about it. And so the resurrection of Lazarus is ultimately a sign of a future resurrection when all things are gonna be made right, when all death will be reversed, when all tears will be wiped away, when all wrong things will be made right, we see a glimpse of it in this resurrection of Lazarus. Oh, so good. Yeah, man, this broken world. I was just thinking of what what Jesus must have been experiencing. You know, I, we just uh, we buried my niece earlier, just less than a year ago, and um, just the sight of my sister weeping over her casket before they, you know, they put it into the wall. It just was like, I mean, it just, that really gives me a glimpse of what Jesus must have been seeing there too. You know, just that, this, the, the awful nature of the curse, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. But there was just, a mystery about this because he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. He was weeping because Lazarus died and he's going to pull him out of his grave and cause the undertaker to freak out because he has to give the check back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray, you wrote a book, didn't you? The Undertaker's yeah, Nightmare. Yeah, The Undertaker's Nightmare. Where I, that was forwarded by John the Baptist, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> On the front, it had forwarded by John the Baptist, and he's a forerunner of Christ. And it was his word saying, there's one coming after me. And that whole book was just a commentary on John. And it talked about Jesus being the undertaker's nightmare. Everywhere he went, he just wrecked funerals, touching caskets, yelling at people that are in their graves and bringing them out. What a glorious thing. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming when all that are in their graves shall hear my voice, Jesus yeah. said. What an incredible thing. Well, you said thing. glorious. Let, let, me, let me read the remainder of the account. Verse 40, it says, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. <laughs> How amazing wow. that some there didn't like what happened and went and told the Pharisees. Right. Well, that, that's the remainder of the account, right? I mean, this shows the hardness of man's heart. Yes. You know, here you see this guy dead now for that, that amount of days, 
And Jesus says, and boom, he walks out <laughs> like a mummy, you know, something out of the crazy, you know, movies. And what, daddy? Yeah. What? A daddy. A p- <laughs> mummy. Genders. We get don't the say genders. mummy here, Get the right? genders mommy. right. <laughs> yeah, mummy. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. Mm. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. <laughs> then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. I mean, look at that, right? He, he just raised someone from the dead. Mm. And they're thinking, what are we going to do about this guy? Rather than, this is the Messiah. I right. mean, this is what he said is true. Who can raise the I don't think the, the eyes would go that wide. Who can, <laughs> Mark, open your eyes as wide as <laughs> I can't get enough of that. I can't do it. I, I love move. the last thing that Jesus says, though. It makes me think move. of ping pong every time Easy talks. <laughs> A ball, the ball. <laughs> yes. He says, loose him and let him go. Isn't that exactly Mm. what Jesus says to sin and Mm. death upon our lives? And it's the resurrection of Lazarus that that ultimately leads to the death of Christ. In other words, Jesus gives up his life to bring back his friend. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that we all have a Lazarus experience to look forward to. And what did that cost? It costed Jesus his life. Yeah. Well, and verse, Lazarus well. gives testimony in the next chapter. He's sitting, and a lot of people came to see Lazarus. He'd, he'd hit the headlines or deadlines. Everyone knew, who he, <laughs> everyone knew who he was, and they came to just look at him. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know what you said, Oscar, about him giving his life. I mean, verse 53 says, then from that day on, they plotted to put him to mm-hmm. death. You know, what a backwards world. But didn't they think if he can raise the dead, he's going to raise himself from the dead. If he's, <laughs> right? that, if he's that clever. Make the connection. Should, yeah. And, 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 you know, right in the middle of this is the, the most wonderful Bible verse that no doubt all of us have remembered. I am the resurrection and the life. He yes. that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. I'm glad you highlighted that, Ray. Yeah, very, very important. And then you have, of course, the prophecy of Caiaphas not knowing he was prophesying. You know, it says that one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, you, do not, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. It says, now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together and one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Didn't, didn't he think to himself, what did I just say? Right. You know, what did I? <laughs> It, it, well, you know, it really shows how ignorant you can be and say truth and not even realize the significance of the truth you're saying. Like, Pilate, what is truth? I'm standing yeah. right in front of you. Yeah. You know, when I was an unbeliever... You guys you're a believer now? Uh, you didn't know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I got saved this morning. <laughs> um, he, but Don't when, lose this train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, please. Oh. No, no, I got this Here one. it comes again. So before I was saved, you guys know I was a rapper. And I, I was 15. I... I you know, was you're, introduced to, to this guy. You're being mocked by, uh, by Oscar. I know. He's I, like I pictured like you He's being one of those old ladies Walmart. at Nordstrom Rack yeah. that like wrapping things for <laughs> We're people. We're going to have fun memories of Oscar on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, not for you. Yeah, that's You'll true. You'll forget. Yeah. So anyway, stop it. No, no, come back. <laughs> that was Ray. No. That was Ray. That was my fault. Okay, that okay, was, I got it. I got yes, it. I got it. it. Really okay, so I was a rapper and, you know, I, I got connected with this guy who was a producer and he he wrote a song called All We Need Is Love and he asked me to, to rap on the song. All We song. Need Is Love? Yeah, I know. Not the Beatles. All we, not all you. Oh, all we okay. need is love. Anyway, so I wrote a rap and th- these were the words. 
Learn to love and live in peace together. Turn to God and let's unite forever. Make and change and arrange to become better. Rearrange and improve to prove you're clever. Use a word to blind and remind the devil that he's still behind at a lower level. In hell where he fell to dwell for ages, a word will tell, so turn the pages. We must face and erase the hate and sin to replace the grace of love within. I advise the wise to start preaching and teaching others to rise and start reaching. What we need to do is read it through and understand what God planned for me and you. So heed the message from above and know that all we need is his love. Boy, my brain's exhausted. Yeah. I was a gangster. Easy, I was that an, was incredible. Wait, so you wrote that when you were not a believer? No, I was 15 years old. I was unsaved. That's wild. I was a heathen. That, I was a gangster. That, that just I was came a moral by man. Memory. You didn't read it. Yeah, it just came back. But my point is, here I was saying this profound truth, and I was a totally lost heathen. Wow. And so my point is Caiaphas, right? He's saying this. He doesn't even know what he's saying, you know. And but what powerful truth, mm. the gospel. The one man should die for the people, and not. Only for the people, the whole nation. Yeah. This is how you know you're born again. The gospel never gets old to you. Right. You can never tire of hearing the gospel. Never tire. Or telling it. Or telling it. I've often mentioned before, you can be exhausted after witnessing the three people at once. As you're going to leave and going to lie on your bed exhausted, someone comes up and says, tell me about this. Mm. And it just starts again. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times where... I'll be sharing the gospel and you know, I've done it so many times, but I'll get caught up in the truths of the gospel myself, you know, and it'll be like, oh. and the person leaves and you just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. You know, it's very important. Well, friends, there you have it. He stinketh. That was the look <laughs> at the legend of Lazarus, man. I'm so edified right now, you know, just, just being reminded of, mm. of all of that. And again, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. That's what we just did right now. We beheld the glory of Christ. And people can't make, you don't make this stuff up, friends. This is this cannot be the figment of man's imagination. As Oscar mentioned, I think in a previous podcast, this stuff is, it's too real. Maybe it was in this one. You're saying there's no way this could be, you know, mythological or, or an account made up by man. This happened. May we connect with the reality of who Jesus is, that he is the resurrection and life. And if you don't know him, repent, turn from your sins and receive that gift of everlasting life that he provides. That's it. I'm not going to say all that stupid stuff that I usually say. (laughs) You already have. (laughs) Everything I said was stupid. (laughs) Well, then I guess I am because I already got stupid. Thank you for joining us, friends. You're going to remember, as soon as this program finishes, you're going to remember what you forgot. Wait, what's my name? Thank Um, you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, where I don't remember what I'm doing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.